Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had okay. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. And welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Sorry, I'm not used to starting. This is weird. It's Um, nice, though. It is. So this week I wanted to talk about mysteries because I was kind of obsessed with the Roanoke mystery when I was a kid, so much so that the year before COVID, I went to Roanoke and I was so excited and I got there and realized I was in the wrong Roanoke. Oh no! (laughs) There are two Roanokes and I went to the Virginia one, which is definitely not an island. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh no. But the ones I want to shout out to, I love like historical mysteries and these are very much ones that the answer is clear, but there's enough ambiguous that like alternate histories and writings like that I love. The first one is Richard III killing his two nephews. I had I didn't know that that was a thing. Oh yeah, so they were like locked mm. in a tower and like happened to disappear, and that's how he became king. Oh, they just happened to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> and so because there's that like openness to it, there are a lot of different theories. Which really, he probably just murdered them or had someone murder them. Sadly, but there's a lot that can be read into in that. And along the same lines is the Romanov family. I knew you were gonna mention that Ugh. next. I love Anastasia. I've been obsessed with that history and Rasputin and all that. And like what I think most people don't understand is they had to hide their wealth um, when they were like taken out of the palace. So they sewed diamonds into their clothes. Yeah, I knew that actually. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I know about it. And yeah, yeah. and that could have stopped a bullet. So there's enough like maybe in that that it's fascinating to me. There are so many good books and stories. And like the whole connection with Rasputin who just like wouldn't die on top of that. Oh my God. It's a whole level. Wouldn't die sex cults. Like look into Rasputin wildly interesting i've seen way too many pictures of that pickled dick his dick is like famous i'm not even gonna say infamous like people loved him and his dick oh yeah so fascinating story what about you jordan what weird thing are you interested in so if i mean completely honest like if you hit me up with any type of mystery i'm gonna be interested Mm -hmm. i definitely will fall down rabbit holes yes really bad and i could probably talk a lot about different things but i actually wanted to talk about aliens (laughs) because it was a really big part of like my childhood and the childhood of the people around me i come from a military family and i grew up right outside of dayton ohio We spent so much time on the military base there, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And that's where they say the aliens are actually kept by the government. Like, that's where they end up being moved to. And because she's passed away, my friend's mother, I feel pretty comfortable talking about this. But she always was like, you can't tell anyone. But she was a military artist. 
So what she did is she worked underground at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And when they would bring something in, it was her job to do a sketch of it for record keeping and had told us that she had sketched aliens for Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Okay, but you've never told us this. Yes, because how often do we talk about aliens? This is new information. How have you held this back? Also, I know Allie is terrified of aliens, so I try not to talk about them around Allie. But when she was working at Wright-Pat was in the 60s, she's a massive hippie. Literally, like her whole house, like you would open a drawer and she just has like weed hidden everywhere. (laughs) So she she was a... Good for her. Good for her, yes. Weed is not what she was doing when she worked at Wright-Pat. So in my childhood in Springfield, my grandparents owned a farm. Anytime I got in trouble or anything, our punishment would be shucking corn at the farm. We would get sent to the farm. And one time my whole family was outside of my grandmother's house. And we just saw this big blinking red like thing going through the air. And we're like, what is that? It looked like a star that was like moving through the air. And we ended up like calling people and other people had seen it too. And it actually was in the news the next day that there was a UFO flying over Springfield that all of these people had seen. So it was really interesting. Yeah, I think what gets me with aliens the thing that interests me is how much the government wants to cover it up especially like now with like nasa leaders Mm -hmm. and stuff coming out saying that aliens are real i'm curious that's all i gotta say that's so funny because we've never talked about this because i don't like aliens but the reason i don't is my great grandpa is from waldo ohio and the one thing he would never talk about is aliens because he saw them and like was so terrified of them that it has become like a legend that no one talks about and it's just like don't talk about aliens because you know great grandpa paulus met aliens (laughs) so it's funny because it's another very rural ohio area (laughs) i will also say before we move on i like horny sexy aliens stan oh, yeah. roswell new mexico oh yes oh my god <laughs> definitely stan roswell new mexico the the recent reboot one i know the cw is like horrible or whatever but honestly that show is so good and so gay like if i know y'all sons of bitches watching this show like gay cowboys you like gay cowboys <laughs> add aliens into the mix watch that show mm-hmm. just saying wow what about you jasper i'm recently really interested in mothman and like high strangeness so i'm pretty sure that like all of that stuff is basically the same thing because like aliens a lot of spirit experiences and like bigfoot mothman and even like angelic visitations and stuff like that people describe these same kind of experiences Mm -hmm. and like loss of time and things like that so i'm pretty sure that it's all the same thing and it's not extraterrestrial that it's just something else Mm. here on earth like on a separate plane of existence i don't know how to describe i don't know i just like weird stuff to be honest i liked really mundane things as a kid i was obsessed with dog breeds i was that weirdo (laughs) Uh, yeah dog breeds and wolves my neurodivergent fixations just were not that interesting i was just like canines I don't know how I've gone my whole life without knowing these things about both of you. You both have changed in my mind. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, it's like the more we learn about you, the more we realize how like deranged and <laughs> scary you are. And I just get like dorkier, like in a poindexter kind of way, like in an embarrassing, please don't tell anyone way. And Jordan just gets like, I don't know. Jordan just becomes even more Jordan. I don't yeah. even know Jordan how to say. Jordan like, 
what the fuck is your life? And then it just gets more and more like that. I think the problem with me is I have a really bad memory. (laughs) And a lot of it is obviously related to like childhood trauma. But like how my brain works is like, I'm not, I don't constantly have in the back of my brain that, oh yeah, I have these things about aliens to talk about. (laughs) But something will trigger it. And then like something I have forgotten will vomit out. So I also uncover layers of myself. Incredible. I love it. Well, big shout out to childhood trauma for concealing the interesting things in our lives so that we find them later like a little treasure trail of interesting nuggets. Yes. Today's episode is season two, episode nine, Croatoan, the Walking Dead crossover AU. This episode was written by John Sheban and directed by Robert Singer and originally aired on December 7th, 2006. Nice. Starting our Christmas season here in season two of Supernatural. Don't you know Christmas season starts November 1, Jordan? Oh, true, true. And pretty soon it's going to be even earlier. Oh my God. Don't you dare. It it starts (laughs) December 5th. Well, Halloween starts in July, so... Yeah, I fully support that. I already see people posting about Halloween on Twitter. I got out my pumpkin candle. Don't hate. You're insane. But this cold open, I'm... So, I wanted to watch the previews that were included in the Mm -hmm. earlier episodes, because I feel like that is the experience people had when originally watching Mm -hmm. the show, and I want that experience. Airing on TV and all that. Exactly. But I really wish they didn't, because I'm like, I've seen this cold open like three times already (laughs) through like their weird like teasers. So it lost a little bit of effect, Mm. but I was an effective cold open. I actually forgot that it was contained within one of Sam's visions. So at first Mm -hmm. I was like, why is there this slow-mo? I can't remember why this is like this. It's so clunky and weird. And then then it's like, ooh, blurry, shaky camera motel room. And Sam is sleeping on the fucking floor for some reason. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, oh, it's one of those. Okay, I accept this now. Because like I've said before, actually really do like when the cold opens have turned out to be a Sam vision. Yeah. And it's like they're utilizing the Sam vision, which is nice because that's something that's not utilized mm-hmm. enough in the show. I agree. More Sam powers. Yeah. I like when they film something and then make it look stop motion. <laughs> 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 like it's just a very interesting technique. Right. That right. was employed a lot. I in think this. like is probably a bit of a stretch <laughs> for me, but I True. do get a certain level of amusement and entertainment (laughs) from it even if it's not necessarily positive yeah it's not necessarily good but right yes if we're ready to talk about them being in the car sam was being a little bit of a butthole which is what i wrote down i was just like excuse sam leave dean alone just like a little rude to be like you like to kill people don't you and then Dean's like, what do you mean? And Sam's like, you know what I mean. I mean, it wasn't like that exactly. But like, yeah, because Dean was like, I wouldn't just kill like an innocent person. And Sam like raises his eyebrows like incredulously. And I'm like, the fuck? Like, why do you think Dean is a murderer well, all so- of a sudden? I mean, like he did just have a vision about that, but he didn't actually see Dean kill anyone in yeah. the vision. And so I get that this was a few episodes ago now, but like he literally came face to face with like a stone cold murderer and bloodlust and he let him live he showed like grace yeah it's just so sibling to me (laughs) to be like "Mm, are you sure about that okay yeah i agree (laughs) and i think if the topic wasn't murdering someone who's done nothing wrong i would be like oh fun cute brothers moment (laughs) but 
Instead, they're just like, I'm not a murderer. Well, maybe you could be. Well, no, I wouldn't. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Well, what's so weird, too, is so I actually flipped through my pages and it was like trying to find an example. I'm like, did I literally forget about like Dean being tempted to murder people? <laughs> and no, but except for we did have that storyline with Sam. Yeah. And he thought his powers were going to turn him into like a murderer. And Simon said. Yeah, I would just literally pull on my Uno card on Sam if he did that to me. <laughs> Like, reverse, bitch. Reverse, reverse. <laughs> Crisscross. Everybody, clap your hands. I'm sorry, we're so old. <laughs> that song will never die in my soul. Just so you know, while everyone is, like, bumping and grinding on prom now, that's what we were doing at prom when we were in school. Bumping we were... and grinding? No, doing the electric slide. That wasn't electric slide. Well, it was the electric shuffle. What did we call oh, fuck. it? What was that called? It's not the Cupid shuffle. That's the no, other one. No, that one was later. I threw a prom this year, and because of COVID, everyone left, and so we just put on that and all the, like, old school songs and the old people danced. Oh my god, I love that. It was wonderful. Nice. All right, so... Anyway, what the fuck were we talking about? Speaking of old school, I love how they throw a schoolhouse rock joke in here, too. Oh, yeah! So, I actually had some stuff to say about that. Um, Yeah. For one, I just want to make a point. I know we've kind of put the gray filter thing to rest but why the fuck does oregon look like seattle was a little weird aren't they very similar is oregon all rainy and dreary i don't know anything about i thought oregon Oregon was like like, really sunny and had lots of like hiking trails maybe you're thinking of colorado oh probably because this is still like that what's it called the um, pacific northwest thank you Thank you, American school system. <laughs> public schooling. We don't even know our own geography. <laughs> and speaking of public schooling, don't shit on Schoolhouse Rock. How much do you remember from class? Very little. How much do you remember from Schoolhouse Rock? A, a lot. A lot. Honestly. And, like part of that is because of the devices they use in mm-hmm. Schoolhouse Rock, like rhyming and rhythm and stuff like that actually yeah. help you remember better. So So what is the real education here? So Sam? I actually thought yeah, this Sam. was <laughs> I thought this was kind of a loaded statement mm-hmm. and I'm kind of starting to see a trend specifically pop culture references i wrote down everyone sam did and everyone dean did and i included sam making a reference at dean like something Mm -hmm. to relate it to dean Uh as a dean reference so there was three pop culture references that were given to dean in this episode and zero on sam the fact that this was talked about like in the context of remembering things from school i'm like Dean was raised by the television. Yeah. Yes. Because he's always making pop culture references in every single episode. Oh, like, I love constantly. That, Jordan, I love that you are catching on to that now. Mm-hmm. Even though we've really only had one episode where they've done a direct flashback into their childhood. Mm-hmm. Because this is a topic that's actually explored throughout the show. Oh, cool. And yeah. the fact that, like, this early, you're like, oh, Dean was definitely raised by TV. Mm-hmm. I just, you're such a good, Aww. you're so good at reading media. I love you. Aww. And also, like, it just pisses me off because I'm a big believer in, like, different types of intelligence. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And Sam prioritizes one, and we see that throughout. And it's just more and more we see him think of Dean and Dean's kind of context and world knowledge as lesser. Yeah. And I, I don't think it stays that way. Yeah, mm. I think Sam's opinions on that definitely evolve, but at this mm-hmm. point in the story, for sure. And I just feel bad because Dean continues to think of himself as stupid yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Dean's a smart boy. Especially since, like, self-esteem is a big thing in this episode, mm-hmm. so... 
thought it was an interesting way to set up the episode, and it was kind of a loaded statement. What were the references that Dean made? There was the Schoolhouse Rock one. So the Schoolhouse Rock one, which was one made at him. Night of the Living Dead. Omega Man. Mm -hmm. um, The Charlie Heston. Right, right, right. He made a Lindsay Lohan reference, but there was another one. That one was gross. Yeah, it wasn't, like, the best ever, but also it just gives you such a sense of time. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Because, like, Lindsay Lohan isn't a common celebrity crush right now. True. I wanted to point out that the sense of mood in uh, this town is really good as we roll into it. I know you mentioned, Jordan, that it seems a little more like actually on the coast of Washington State kind of vibes here. But I kind of like that it's dreary like that. Mm -hmm. And on top of the fact that it has like the sort of pine woods Mm -hmm. kind of vibe and they did intensify the gray especially in the beginning of this episode there's also like this really mellow rock instrumental yeah that was interesting i really liked Mm -hmm. that actually i feel like normally when they have rock instrumentals they're more jaunty or a little Mm -hmm. more actiony but it was nice to have something that was kind of gloomy and contemplative Mm -hmm. at the beginning especially for an episode that gets really 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 intensely emotional yeah absolutely Usually I feel like Supernatural can be really on the nose and I actually kind of like that they were on the nose in their reference this time. They were pretty much just like, this is a Roanoke episode. We're trying Mm to do the Roanoke legend. And I'm like, I love that. I'm like, give me an urban legend. Yeah, we need more of that. As an episode. The way they find it, though, is so funny to me. (laughs) Like, it's originally like carved into a tree Mm -hmm. in this story, but this, it's like carved into an old telephone pole or like electric pole. Yeah. That I really love. But the fact that it's just like Sam being enormous and he bumps into it, <laughs> yeah. like not really realizing where his body is. And then he's like, oh, Croto. It's just so goofy and <laughs> oh, contrived. Goodness. Ali, since we're at that point, I know it's right in the mm-hmm. beginning of the episode, but do you want to talk a little bit about Roanoke? I would love to. There's a lot that goes into it. First of all, just shout out to American Horror Story Roanoke, one of the most underrated seasons. I'm going to say real quick that I actually really liked the first half of that. And Mm -hmm. Gaga was just incredible. Incredible feral druid vibes in that. It was fantastic. So if you haven't seen that, please do. Um, But the legend of Roanoke itself, in 1587, 115 English settlers landed on Roanoke, which is an island off of North Carolina. And their governor, John White, was there for a few months, but within the same year decides to go back because they're really struggling. And when you think about early America, it was hard to cultivate the lands. It was mainly trees. These European settlers and basically invaders, they didn't know how to operate here. And they were very unsuccessful in a lot of places. A lot of them died. So he takes a group back to England and gets delayed because there is currently a war with Spain. And if you know about England and Spain, they love sea battles. So it's really hard for John White to get into England and then get back out. Yeah, because I imagine it would be blockaded. Yeah. So it takes them until 1590 to return, which is three years from when they originally settled. And he is looking for his wife, daughter, and infant granddaughter. But there is no trace of anyone on the island except Crow Toen carved into the signpost. So before I get into what Crow Tone means, I want to go over some of the interesting theories. 
Some of them make more sense, like the colonists either join local Native American groups, were killed by those groups, or enslaved by them. And the father of Pocahontas, Chief Powhatan, actually told other people in 1607 that he murdered all of them. (laughs) (laughs) King shit. However, he was probably just exaggerating. Yeah, he's probably just like, fuck you white people. There's also the theory of cannibalism, disease. This is when like people get just racist and they're like, oh, it was Wendigos. First of all, wrong area. Right. There's also, like, the witchcraft, or that they were possessed by Satan, or cursed by witches. First of all, where the fuck are these witches? Like, Native Americans aren't witches. (laughs) There is a theory that they failed sailing back to England. They had another ship, and the theories that crashed along the way, or Spain killed them. There is a theory that they turned into trees. That each of the human beings just turned into trees. I fucking love that. (laughs) That is my favorite thing. I know it's like super off the wall, like out of all of them. But but I fucking love it. Maybe I'm just like a big sucker for like creepy ass fairy tale type shit. (laughs) That sounds like a Grimm's fairy tale. Yeah. Also, is that an option? Can I literally (laughs) just go be a tree instead? Oh, I would fucking love... Are you kidding me? I don't have to work anymore. I can just, like, stretch out my leaves and absorb sunlight and fucking photosynthesize. Like, are you kidding me? That sounds fucking great. In Greek mythology, too, so... Love it. There's also the theories that they were abducted by aliens. Probable. However, I want to talk about what probably happened. It was incredibly hard to survive. They were left without their governor. There were still a fair number of them. There was a drought at the time. There could have been diseases. There was a lot of shit going on. And Croatoan is the name of a Native American group on the neighboring island. So basically, most likely, they just joined with this group. I feel like so many times white people are like, but it has to be something spooky. It's never like the easy answer, even though this is so clear. On the signpost, it said Croton. And when John White goes back to the island, there was a bad storm that kept him from going to Hatteras, which is the island that Croton, the Native Americans, were on. But on that other island, there was a mix of Native American and European objects found. Like, it's so simple. I will say that trade was, like, the biggest reason Mm -hmm. that Native people here interacted with white people at all. So it's not that unlikely or strange for them Mm -hmm. to have those kinds of, like, European objects anyway. Like, tea kettles, for example, were really popular trade items. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, still. And specifically, the Hatteras people, the... um, the people on Hatteras Island, they were being enslaved by a different Native American group. So it's theorized that they wanted to, like, join with these people who had guns and ammo. And that way it would, pre- it would be mutually beneficial. So we never know because John White couldn't get there because of a storm, turned around and just went back to England, never saw his family again. Which is the most white man choice. It's like, oh no, there's an island, let me just sail across the fucking ocean. My favorite quote I saw in all this, um, Scott Dawson, who is a researcher and has helped with archaeological digs in the area, he said, you're robbing an entire nation of people of their history by pretending Croton is a mystery in a tree. These were people that mattered a lot. I know some people don't like choosing the answer that's not spooky, and I get it. Like, I want interesting stories, 
But this is just pretending that Native Americans weren't people. Yeah. And it's really neglecting. I don't think that's Supernatural's problem because this is something that people still today will post about and ask questions, even though we basically have the answer. Right. And if you want to know about the time period and how hard it was, I know the Salem Witch Trials are roughly 100 years later. But Unobscured, the podcast, season one, is all about life in Salem and how they got to that point. And it really goes into the struggle of surviving. And that's a 100 years later after America has been colonized. And so it was way easier to succeed there. And it's still this huge fucking struggle. So if you're interested in learning the histories, that's a really good podcast to listen to. And it has so much historical context and will really help you understand what life was like there and how easy it was for a lot of people to like fail and die because that was something that would happen so making a treaty joining with native americans completely yeah, logical so that's why i've always been interested in roanoke i actually saw a video series it was called solved unsolved mm. mysteries yeah. yes, and that's, that's how so i good. learned about roanoke and it was literally like later traders went to trade with the croatoans and where they were like huh this is weird they have white natives there yeah. and then they just never questioned it but it's documented yes like it, this is completely solved like we know exactly what happened and it just kind yeah. of spun itself due to racism quite literally right right so. it's wild how mm -hmm. it gets bundled into that like myth of the disappearing mm -hmm. native which is something that we talked about last season on bugs once again, let's bring up Yeah, once bugs. again, <laughs> I must bring up bugs. My sincerest apologies. And if you want, there's this really well-researched book about what it was actually like in America before white settlers came and colonized it. It's 1491, New Revelations of the Americas Before Columbus. And it does a really great job of going through and actually researching and giving voice to these people and showing what the quote-unquote Americas were like because they were not this undeveloped unused land no. um but that's the narrative we get so if you're interested please read 1491a is fantastic thank you Allie. yeah thanks for listening to me geek out of course <laughs> now let's talk about bio zombies yes <laughs> <laughs> oh these are i will so say fun. that's like my only thing with this episode is that the concept is just like so fucking all over the place yes yeah. we've got spooky native stories we've got bio zombies it's pandemic time but also it's a demon virus and also something about sam and his psychic bullshit <laughs> i'm like pick a couple of things my guy so that was like an issue i had with this episode because i was so excited we were getting a straight up plot relevant episode mm -hmm. and then i was like did i really learn anything i'm like <laughs> we're throwing so many things at me that it kind of teetered off i think we learned some stuff yeah and i agree but they call it demonic germ warfare. That was my favorite. <laughs> my yes. favorite quote. Because it's so out of left field. Like, we get this, like, he's like, oh, my God, it's a demon virus. It's a literal biblical plague. <laughs> and he's more like, more like, <laughs> and he goes, more like demonic germ warfare. 
And I'm like, oh my god, this is the fucking hook man all over again. Jesus Christ. I just can't get over that phrase. And it's interesting to me, I looked into sulfur in the blood, because that's the like main idea in this, is that's how they tell if someone's quote-unquote turned. You can have sulfur in your blood it's called like sulfur hemoglobin literally just the two words put together but all it does is render your blood unable to carry oxygen that makes sense mm. i think yeah like, with this the sulfur is just like an after effect yeah, yeah. Like side effect of it but because they don't really like lay that out it is pretty easy <laughs> to be like wait so it was just sulfur <laughs> yeah it's so everyone funny. just running around smelling like stinky eggs <laughs> I did like when the sulfur was put under the microscope and we got like that 28 days later, like <laughs> oh God, the cells yeah. fusing and her being like, what is this? I've never seen it. If I didn't know any better, <laughs> I'd say that was sulfur. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how she just knows what sulfur looks like in blood. Like that is not a common right. thing. Like, I don't know what the fuck they teach in medical school <laughs> these days. I need to watch more uh, updated medical dramas, yeah. I guess. <laughs> So just to pull us back into the story, mm-hmm. we get into the town and we immediately see, I didn't write anyone's name, but the... The Sarge. The I don't Sarge. think we get his no. name. Yeah, I don't think I, so. I want to point out real quick, that is the same actor who plays Rufus, I want to say, in either season one or season two of Xena Warrior Princess, who's one of Xena's early romances. You're right. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's it's, why he looks so familiar. Yeah, it's the one she sees him in hell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love how Dean and him have such similar energy. Oh I my think God. it's such a fun scene. And the, them driving together, one gun pointed at each Yeah, I mean, that's way later, but yeah. It also shows, like, Dean's vested interest in military. So I'm, like, yeah. kind of wondering if, like, that's what he thought his plan would be if mm. he didn't do. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting to think about if they never brushed with the supernatural and their mm-hmm. lives didn't change. They'd probably be military brats. Yeah. Like, they'd probably still have to move from town to town and have like that feeling of not quite being settled in any one place and and that is one thing that I like about the show is like with the characters they really blur blur the line between if it's something they need to know for their job or if it's like an interest it's just cool a little oh you mean the military stuff Mm -hmm. yes well their dad actually was an ex-marine oh he really was yeah who had been in Vietnam remember his dog tags yeah, his dog tags. They and, bury in the mom's grave, like, uh-huh. two inches That's down. That's right. Yeah, and then um, in the first episode, you can see in some family photos oh. that he's in a uniform. Okay, that makes sense. I do think it's funny that it looked like they told the actor who plays Sarge to just, like, put his arm out like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was so unsubtle. It was like, here, look at my tattoo. <laughs> There's oh a close-up. Right. I think the the mention of the military at the beginning is supposed to sort of link together with this, this idea of Dean as being more violent and more willing to kill people, literally jumping the gun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just like an early indication of that. And we go right from that to him going to the house and finding this really fucked up scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jumping out the gate with some violence against women. Yeah. You love to see it. I literally can't get out of my head, but there's an episode of 30 Rock where they parody shows that are super violent against women. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. Will Ferrell comes in. The show's called Bitch Hunter. (laughs) And he, like, kicks down doors to, like, hunt women who are quote-unquote bitches. (laughs) 
and like whenever I see like violence against women in my head, I'm like, bitch hunters. That's amazing. Because that's what the vibe this show has. Right. <laughs> oh my god. That's a show that really didn't age well, but some of the clips are fucking hysterical. Yeah, absolutely. Oh goodness. But yeah, really jumping out the gate with the violence against women. Because, like, wouldn't it have been, like, easy to have the woman and dad, like, trying to bloodlet the son or something? Yeah, Yeah, because the two of them are bigger. Yeah, well, I guess we have to keep her alive so we can mercy kill her in a corner later. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that was pretty wild. I did like when Sam went thunk on her head with the fucking oh, the oxygen fire. tank. Oh, was it oxygen? I thought it was, it was, it was green. A, yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> I w- I couldn't help. I laughed at that. Oh it was gosh. just so wacky. Yeah, it, was it was like literal Looney Tune shit. <laughs> this show, this episode, like weirdly transfers between violence against women and then Scooby Scooby Doo level mischief in this episode. Yeah, it's just fucking wild. I do i i don't like the violence against women but i do like the idea of like oh just going to check out what's going on in the town oh my god why is he putting blood into her blood like that is such a great jump right well i actually disagree that it's like a jump because they check the phones and stuff first like before they go up there yeah but that to me seems like like a a spooky ambiance and then it's like it, yeah, it definitely, escal- it definitely escalates quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And like, they shoot, they shoot the dad, and he, mm-hmm. the dad is like doing his Willem Dafoe in <laughs> fuck. What is Spider-Man? that movie? No, no, no not in Spider, um, not in Spider Man. <laughs> um, no, not Green Goblin. Jesus, <laughs> no, the fucking Vietnam War one. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't Shit. remember the name of it. You know, the, he's like kneeling on the ground, and they're doing the guns, and they have the sad music and he's got his arms in the air yeah saving private ryan no god that's world war ii i mean now i'm just imagining him on a little like yellow scooter <laughs> like throwing pumpkins <laughs> at <Dean. laughs> so that's all that's stuck in my head maybe we're the same sam winchester <laughs> maybe it's because of how the sun's goofy ass like jumps and like hobbles into the cornfield kind of that's like that i, that I can't gonna... get over okay but yeah like the dad is doing his like willem dafoe impression and then the sun just like fucking yeets out that yeah. window there's like no grace there at all he's just like get me out and then like get in between the trees he's just going it's so silly I love his run. It's that like stiff arm side to side running. It's such a weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we also see as the sun is leaving, Sam mm-hmm. has the opportunity to shoot him out the window, which he does not take. Right. And Dean seems a little remiss at this through eye gestures. But yes, then they, of course, take the mom. They do mm-hmm. not know that she is infected. Right. They take the father and they take him to what I assume to be the only like clinic in yeah. town. Yeah, it looks so much like a vet clinic. That it, it in does. my mind, it just is a vet place. I think it's just because it's so small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like the doctor. She doesn't really have much going on, but she's very competent. Yes, we I, have a competent female. Yeah, and I like that she keeps a level head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice that there are, like, varying degrees of freaking out. Yes, that's really fun. Yeah, and especially, I think, for women in TV. And it's not as bad anymore, but it just used to be, like, they're all hysterical. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
but she's got a pretty calm demeanor and she knows what she's doing and i know it's really hammy but i mm-hmm. love when she's talking to mrs tanner and trying to like you know figure out what's going on and mrs tanner goes one minute they were my husband and son and the next they had the devil in them oh and gosh. dean and sam look at each other they're like the devil you say <laughs> oh, like obviously she's being like idiomatic yeah and they're like what if it was literally the devil though <laughs> I think that's when they have the conversation about the Tanner kid, the youngest one, who's not named. Mm. And Dan's like, why didn't you kill a child? And Sam was like, it was a child. And he was like, it's an it. Yeah, Yeah, there's so many conversations about morality in this one episode. It's like every other scene is a conversation about morality. Yeah, and like, I kind of wonder where they were going with it. I mean, they were faced with their own morality, Mm-hmm. But it still, to me, kind of felt like a high concept the show didn't pull off as well as it could have. And I think at this point, I, I kind of like that they check in about mm-hmm. this a couple of yeah. times because the first time they have basically no context. It's yeah. just the vision. And then the second time they've seen this violence, but they don't know what it is. Like, Dean is pretty mm-hmm. insistent that it's demon whatever. But Sam's like, well, we didn't see any demon signs or any indication that that was the case. So, like, mm-hmm. why would we think that? And then they check in again later after they know what's going on. Yeah, I like it because it's an evolving debate. Yeah. I think after the scene, we have them head out for the f- second time. Justine. 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 This yeah. is when they find, well, they know all the lines are down and they don't have any yeah. close contact to the outside They also world. say the radio isn't working either yes. at that point. And they find the car with the bullet hole and the blood everywhere and the knife. They don't do this enough where there's signs of violence without showing the violence. Right. And they don't really get into explaining mm-hmm. what it is either. And I think part of that is just because Dean is alone. But mm-hmm. I kind of like it because yeah. it does let the audience draw their own conclusions about what had happened. Mm-hmm. And after this long with the amount that we know, like that we've learned mm-hmm. from their cases and investigations and whatever, like what kind of conclusions can we come to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that aspect. I think they should do that more. Yeah, especially since that's like something that successful horror movies use mm-hmm. to build suspense because you know there's something wrong. You don't know if or when it's going to happen right or who caused it or like you just are left with more questions i know it's like kind of a crack treated seriously Mm -hmm. episode but an episode that does this really well is season 11 episode 4 baby which i think i've made ali watch and oh, the car one, yeah. Yeah, the car. Yeah. The car yes. one. And that one's really good. I think part of it is because they're separate for so long mm-hmm. and it's a very quiet episode. So, but anyway, that's like <laughs> eons in the future. As he's going down the road, he eventually finds out that the road has been blocked off because mm-hmm. they're obviously trying to catch people who are trying to leave the town. Yeah, and they, he sees the Tanner kid at the front. Yeah, he sees the Tanner kid, so he immediately knows something is up, and then that's when the man comes around and hits the top of his I car. I love that stupid jump scare. He just, like, yeah. baps <laughs> the top of the car. 
And I like that it even gets Dean. He's like, whoa. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. Because he's so focused on the blockade itself. Yeah. And then we get one image, which is iconic in the series, which is him dragging that man by the car door. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that him reversing them shooting and him just dragging this man with him. Yeah. And of course, we have to talk about because this is a gay podcast for gay people. Yeah. Only gays allowed. Yeah. I mean, straights can listen, but that's what we'll leave it at. I'm not. So the man says, "Get out of the car," and we'll have a conversation. We'll have a conversation, and then Dean says, "You are a handsome devil, but I don't (laughs) swing that way." Oh man. It's the first time Dean addresses his sexuality in the series. And I'm like, Dean, you're probably right. You probably don't swing. You probably get swung into. Oh, oh my God. Gosh. Jordan. I'm sorry, but like all I can think of is Ennis in Brokeback Mountain being yeah. like, I'm not a queer. <laughs> I'm not a queer. <laughs> also, like he literally tells him like, oh, no, sorry. Don't swing that way. And then takes the man with him. Oh. Huh. <laughs> to me i'm like "Mm, and mm." he literally swings him from the door yes huh we love a visual metaphor (laughs) look at us go but you're correct it felt very much like overcompensating to me yeah because it's not like i forget what episode this is actually in but later in the series there's a line where they're like captured by some baddies who are shoving them around and one of them's like get on your knees and dean's like i'm awful flattered or whatever and but this doesn't even have that kind of like sexual context that you could pull out of it in any way mm. he's just like get out of the car and let's talk like i i'm not really sure why his brain jumps to defending his sexuality like that but okay dean so insecure men and let's just talk about <laughs> yeah. it in the context of this episode he makes two other references about being horny (laughs) but okay so he talks to sam and he's like i've not made mistakes like that except for that one waitress waitress in in tampa yeah so me when people say stuff like that they're like yeah i fuck yeah i had a gross fuck i'm not gay yeah and then he also had the Lindsay lohan comment which we talked about I don't know. It just all feels so overcompensating because Sam doesn't do this stuff. Right. Kind of like in season one, episode 16, Shadow. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which is funny because that's the other episode that brings up Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just funny that those are connected in multiple ways. I hadn't thought of that. So he drags the man along, man falls off. And that's when we get our second encounter with Sarge. Oh my god, I love this. It's so funny. I don't know if it was intended to be funny, but it is. It's successfully funny. Yes. Like, just the shouting back and forth at each other, literally the same thing. Yes, I love it. Like, you put down your gun. No, you put down your gun. (laughs) Like, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I almost felt like um, they were going to try and do, like, another Dean-type proxy with Sarge as a character, but Mm -hmm. I don't really think that was their intention as much in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something to be said for Dean immediately connecting Sarge Mm -hmm. to his dad, and then Sarge being... Being the only person in the town that Dean seems to trust yes. at all. It's supernatural where literally everyone and everything is a better father than John Winchester. Yeah. They need to give them a surrogate father at some point in this series. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to throw things. Do what it. are you going to throw? Uh, I this have pussy. this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Dean Alley. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways. You've got a neighbor named Mr. Rogers. Oh, that was, that the was other hilarious. One. That was a TV reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just love the image of Mr. Rogers coming at you with a hatchet. Oh, my God. Yeah. But yeah, they they reluctantly have the relaxing car ride together, as Dean says. Yeah. And they do get back to the hospital. And that's where, of course, they tell them that, you know, it's blocked off. This is when they have the conversation about demonic Demonic germ warfare. Yes. And Sam mentions going through their dad's journal. Yeah. And uh, he brings up the Davis, which, again, that was season one, episode 16. If you don't remember their Zoroastrian and their supernatural entities with disagreeable characteristics characteristics according to wikipedia (laughs) aka kind of like demons they're just kind of unpleasant disagreeable i love that word choice but he also brings up reshifs which i thought was so interesting and i love this so i didn't know about them but they are a deity associated with plague war and thunder and they're thunder yeah it's such an interesting mix and they're ablate and canaanite in origin they're a god that was eventually brought into the egyptian mythology and egyptian pantheon and in biblical hebrew reshep has turned into a noun meaning fire lightning fever or plague wow and this is again one of my favorite things where it's like how things have been adapted and changed and yeah 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 they actually mentioned something that is the right type of thing mm. Woo! one point one point to supernatural Woo, you did it and then after that they engage in some violence against women again yeah and two points away (laughs) right well and they make a point too because sarge is going to shoot her Mm -hmm. and dean is like no like he pretty much hasn't put the gun down and he does it himself i think the reason he does it there is because it seems like sarge might not do it for a second and i think that's irking back to like what sam had said about dean's kind of more willingness right yeah yeah and also uh, dean holds himself responsible for a lot of the things too so i think obviously he's traumatized by his childhood but also his sense of duty kind of makes him re-traumatize himself and take on these things totally agree yes absolutely i love sam being like Let's make some explosives. Oh I don't know gosh. why I thought that was so cute. It but was cute. It was, it was really cute. He was like, we can make some. His, his curiosity and interest in stuff like that is just so sweet. I don't know. It's the same. It's the same kind of, oh, my God, that's adorable that I get from Dean having made his own EMF yeah. detector. Mm-hmm. And this feels like more Scooby-Doo hijinks. I love yeah. it. This is when Dwayne joins them and has that massive cut on his leg. Yes, and that guy is an actor in The Blacklist, if anyone watches Mm. that. That one is a really goofy, off-the-wall FBI procedural about terrorists Mm -hmm. and, like, the FBI's most wanted list. He plays Rassler, who's the partner of the main character. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Who, what is, uh, James Spader, that's the guy who's in that. Man, that guy, you seen any, like, 80s movies with him yeah in it because like man you remember his hair yeah it was glorious it was great hair goals for sure oh mm-hmm. my god yeah i love this argument that they get into over Dwayne and whether he's turned sam is like you're acting like one of those things out there mm-hmm. i'm like <gasps> sam I mean, I understand what he's saying. It's like mm-hmm. the mounting rage and violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, 
Sam. The one thing that was kind of different from this compared to a lot of like zombie type stuff is they're not like trying to like wait around for a cure or anything. They're like mm-hmm. taking care of this now. They're more worried about, I think, like containment. Right. And to be fair, this is like day one of this. So. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I do like how Sam is asking Dean why he didn't shoot him and kind of curious and maybe a little critique of why he didn't. And then it turns around where when Sam walks into the other room then he gets the blood exposure yeah um so it instantly takes sam questioning this and then putting him in that seat and having the question of what will dean do when it's a loved one too i think what we can glean from that is that's the reason why dean didn't shoot him in the first place yeah in the moment it was like i care about sam's opinion but Mm -hmm. also what would i do if it were Sam. Well, yeah. I think that's what the episode itself was kind mm-hmm. of leading up to too, which right, I'm like exactly. I love learning about the brothers and how they relate to each other. So I was happy. And I just love that turn. I think that's narratively something that works well is having him questioning and then putting him directly in that situation. Yeah. Narrowing the scope is definitely yeah. something I like. And then we get the great argument between Dwayne and Dean. And Dwayne says, you were going to shoot me. And Dean says, if you don't shut your pie hole, I still might. I just have to shout out to that line. It's perfect. I love it. He is so grumpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did skip over Pam's death. Oh, true. Okay, yes. I have things to say about, oh, about yeah. that. Uh, so the thing with Pam's death, like I understand other characters who are not all feminine women are getting killed here it's not it's not that that really bugs me with this so she follows sam into whatever room he's going in Mm -hmm. when he's getting more materials to make bombs Mm -hmm. and locks the door behind her so he's already trapped in there with her Mm -hmm. like already cornered why did they need to make that like so unnecessarily sexual all of a sudden yeah like we know what's happening like you're not gonna this isn't a clever swerve like literally just walk up and stab him like that would be more shocking and she has super strength too like she doesn't need to try and allure him first like it doesn't need to be a seduction here like we've seen it through her we've seen Mm -hmm. it through meg like i don't know why the writers of the show are just so obsessed with Mm -hmm. like weaponized femininity it's Mm -hmm. like really disgusting grosses me out and this was the part i had the biggest problem with as well i would not have had an issue with it if this is what all the creatures did when they right like if they were sneaky at all but they aren't really but it's just her and also i do like how sam is just like what (laughs) yeah like he he doesn't react like she's coming on to him or anything he's just like "Mm, i'm making bombs i'm just carrying over my sam asexual narrative i mean i know you know already but my guy fucks (laughs) okay but like at this point in the season not that asexual people don't have sex i just mean like he fucks (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Allie's like I don't know mm. how to phrase it <laughs> but I think at this point how he's been written so far in these first two I seasons right I agree it's not something that he's overly focused on I can't, yeah. I'm, can't wait for all of the women that Sam fucks to die violent deaths because that's just what I assume is going to happen got in that this curse. yeah we did talk about his penis of death oh Jesus 
Oh, you know what else we didn't mention? Before he decides not to shoot Dwayne after all, they have the dramatic zoom in on everyone's faces. <laughs> and Sarge. And when they zoom in on Sarge, I'm like, sir, do you need to go to the bathroom? <laughs> Yeah. It was so, so funny looking. I don't know what yeah. they, what was his direction in that scene or whatever, but I like, I know it's supposed to be serious. Yeah. He just lie. looked like he just accidentally walked in on something really uncomfortable to see. <laughs> that was like the reaction. That's so true. It was very weird. So after um, the assistant mixes her blood in with Sam, we have the conversation about him not shooting Dwayne and they can make the decision that they're going to give the bombs. Well, Dean decides. Dean makes the decision they're going to give the bombs and he's going to stay with Sam. Sam is begging him. Oh, it's so emotional. It is. I only have one complaint and it's a very minor complaint about this scene you just can tell Padalecki at this point in his career can just not cry on command there's nothing wrong with that but there's one scene he has his little like tiny tears rolling and then they show a different scene and it comes back and his face is wet like someone just threw a bucket in his face (laughs) I thought he was all right I I thought like at the beginning of it I was like come on you can do it but then once he's got into it it I thought it was it was was not the acting I had an issue with it was it was the yeah whoever did oh the tears the tears so not Jared but yes whoever was the tear producer (laughs) the teardropper I'll look through the credits and find tear dispenser there what if he did his own tears oh no Jared I actually thought he did pretty well in acting. In no, this he was episode. great. Yeah, I, I thought was he impressed. was great overall, except for the one, the one bit we talked about yeah. earlier. The combination of Sam being like, this is the dumbest thing you've ever done and literally having like a breakdown. Yeah. Like contrasted with Dean just being like, haha, I'm making jokes and like deflecting, just being like, I'm tired. Like, I don't yeah. I don't want to keep living if you die yeah. here. And even when Sam was like, you know, I know things have been hard with dad and Dean was like, this is not about dad. Yeah. Which for one, it probably is. Everything is about fucking John Winchester well, in this goddamn show. Yeah. But, yeah. Ultimately, it is about their dad because mm-hmm. their dad is the one who essentially press ganged them into mm-hmm. doing this shit. Yeah. But I do think that he's not just like in denial that mm-hmm. it's about his dad. I think it is. He doesn't like living on the road. Like we know he talks about not liking eating the food that he yeah. eats in, earlier in the season. And we've yeah. seen his reaction to like people living in no- normal neighborhoods mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. And one, it's like nice to see him admit that he doesn't like it yeah instead of Mm -hmm. like putting on this front all the time but also it's just like so soul crushing for it to be this moment where he's like i'm gonna die that's fine i'm just like no and this is it's what also makes it more heartbreaking is that this has been a reoccurring theme Mm -hmm. with dean's character yeah which is so sad. Yeah, Dean Reed says very suicidal. Right. Just does not give a shit about yeah. his safety. And I think both the writing of the lines was really well done. And also it makes sense that Dean can only be open with Sam because he thinks that Sam is going to die. Well, that both of them are. Yes. Yeah, but Dean's choosing. Right. Like, yeah. So I think it it's just really well written and makes a lot of sense that this is the time he can open up in a way he hasn't before. And just like right. um, him saying, you can keep going who says i want to i'm tired sam i'm tired of the hunts i'm trying and he lists off like that is just fucking heartbreaking and sounds so real like this isn't a canned line this isn't something that 
it sounds estranged from what someone in that position might say in real life. Right. It's just so sad. Right. No, it is. And I was saying before we started recording that I'm glad that I rewatched this recently mm-hmm. enough because, like, man, like, when I watched this for my pre-watch, I was just a fucking wreck. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Just totally demolished me. It's because it's the both of them. I yeah. don't react well to other people crying, first of all. And there's something about, like, it's just the wanting someone else to care about themselves mm-hmm. so bad, and they just do not. Ugh! Yeah, it's rough. This is probably one of the best scenes in the mm-hmm. series so far, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's probably the top most emotional in my mind, other than maybe Faith. Yeah, yeah. That one gets me pretty bad. Maybe this one even tops it for me. I think there's an additional level of honesty mm-hmm. here that we don't exactly. necessarily get in Faith. As they're waiting, that's when the doctor comes back in and kind of tells you that everyone's vanished. They don't see anyone. And she does more blood work on Sam mm-hmm. and finds out that he doesn't carry any trace of the sulfur virus. Yeah, and the virus is gone from the other blood samples too. Yeah. Woo! And all the people are yeah. missing. Woo! I love that mystery. Yeah. I really like it, even though it's, it feeds into what we were talking about earlier with the original Roanoke colony yeah. myth. But I, I like it as something unexplainable and open-ended mm-hmm. in this TV series and just in TV in general because I've, I feel like in a lot of sci-fi and horror, whatever, other genre shit, like there is almost always an explanation and sometimes things are just not explainable Mm -hmm. i mean we've talked about again roanoke is explainable you know in tv everything doesn't have to be yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think there was also a very different discourse around roanoke at the time even though we had this knowledge like that was not very widespread in the public right um so i kind of don't blame them because i think it matches up with what was being told in the public Right. The internet was a lot harder to find information in 2006 than it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we're starting to actually build the villain up more, finally. Mm -hmm. Right. More stuff with the yellow-eyed demon. Your prediction finally came true. (laughs) Yes, finally. (laughs) I also really like the relying on the horror trope of having to wait something out and, like, just survive through something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like isolation horror. That's fun. It's a bottle episode. That it is. Dwayne leaves with Sarge in the truck and mm-hmm. then they pull over and he does the the Meg thing. Yes. Yes. I need to make a call. Throat jab. And I'm like, of course you wouldn't let the one black guy in the episode So my live. issue is like, <sighs> not only are we not going to let the one black guy in the episode, we don't even know his real name. Yeah. Like, we, right. we're going to have this major character comes through, helps the boys, has a little bit of character mm-hmm. development, and guess what? He gets his throat slit. Like, no one even... why couldn't he be the demon? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was my thought as well. But then we've also had the black men in this specifically be perfect perpetuators of violence so i would have issue with that as well (laughs) i wish like they had other cast members they could use he could have used someone's there was so he didn't even have to get in the car with sarge he could have literally been hitchhiking like meg did right that would have been a good way to call back right so much better and i think like another thing that just made it really difficult for me was the fact that they showed the entire throat slit yes like come on i don't know 
I do appreciate how they have way better CGI though here. I think just the CGI of the blood swirling in the cup right. was way more effective. Yeah. Right. Well, and yeah. I think at the time technology around CGI was mm-hmm. improving very, very quickly and I'm sure they had more budget after oh, absolutely. even just a little while. Do you know what I want this replaced with though? Huh. You know those self-stirring mugs where you hold the handle Shut and it the stirs? Fuck up. That's why I want them to use to call this Shut up. Allie. Oh That's so fucking Especially ridiculous. the chocolate milk ones that are like cow Oh print. my god. <laughs> Cute. Alright, so after the scene... That's when we get the finale of Sam and Dean kind of reconnecting. Mm-hmm. A little wondering what's going on. Poor Sam is trying to check in. He's like, yeah. remember yesterday when you were suicidal? And Dean's like, want to go to the Grand Canyon? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? I actually really liked that because mm-hmm. obviously Dean's not going to want to talk about that. It'd be too uncomfortable. But he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I still have things to live for. I've yeah. never seen the Grand Canyon. Yeah, no, I really like it too. Like, I'm joking around. Yeah. But, like, honestly, that made me cry even harder when I pre-watched. Mm-hmm. Also, I was still raw from the finale of the series. And oh. I called my mom on the phone. I was like, Mommy wanted to live. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did they ever get to visit the Grand Canyon? That's a complicated question. Okay. And before we had the question of Sam in the scene before this, when he said, like, why was I immune? Which was a great question, but I love how he switches to the more pertinent thing, which is like, Dean, why do you want to kill yourself? Right. Um, pretty much. And we get really good dialogue here. I was jotting it down. Dean says, I was just thinking we ought to go to the Grand Canyon, take a break from all this. Why do we have to take all the responsibility? Yeah, that's what, why do we get stuck with all the responsibility? That's what I wrote down too. And Sam says basically, like, I'm your brother, let me help carry this. Right. And Dean says, no, I can't. Right before dad died, he told me something, told me something about you. I love the way they end the episode there. They haven't done, like, an emotional, like, drama, interpersonal cliffhanger Mm -hmm. before. They've just done, like, the cliffhanger from Salvation Mm -hmm. to Devil's Trap in season one, which was more of, like, a plot cliffhanger. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see this kind be introduced. Even knowing what it is, I'm like what's it gonna be yeah when he says told me something about you in my head i hear duh, duh, duh. yeah <laughs> like it's it such a good one did y'all notice that this scene featured the return of sam's horrible shirt my most hated sam shirt you would detest that so much i do detest it so much i was too busy being like oh this is good lighting for dean's eyes oh my gosh actually yeah it was i like what the fuck they looked so pretty in this episode i was just like the both of them yeah like they just looked so nice i feel like in a lot of the other episodes in this season so far they're kind of grimy or like they have too much makeup on or something but they just looked really nice in this episode and even like earlier in the episode like their clothes are earlier i always enjoy a denim button down which sam had on and i think dean just had like a henley or something but yeah of course they have to change it to the bad shirt i'm sorry i do really like how in the motel room i know this is a flashback but i wanted Mm -hmm. to bring it up here because we start out 
with Dean surrounded by red in the motel room. Right. Which is often associated with violence and blood, obviously. And then Sam, when it shows him, he has a green wall behind him, which is a much more peaceful and calm. Yeah. And like in a better place. But at the end of this episode, it kind of not switches, but it, it throws Sam into that too. And he has that instability. So I really like the color coding there contrasting yeah. where they end up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. With the red, the bad red and white shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and literally here, Sam is put in the more violent color, mm-hmm. while Dean is very much more neutral. I know he, what shirt does he have? I know he has the leather jacket on. I forgot. But I already forgot. Even with the leather jacket, it's more of a calming natural color, so it's kind of like a role reversal. I'm so bad at paying attention to the boys' clothes because they're <laughs> always in the same silhouette. True. Yeah, that doesn't help. I don't know. That's just something I always look at. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't stop staring at Pam's magenta headband oh and my gosh. horrible <laughs> floral scrubs. I think mm-hmm. that's why I thought they were a vet office, too, <laughs> was because of her outfit. I've seen so many vets yeah. in those pattern scrubs right yeah 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 well nice are we ready to talk about the fan fiction yeah we are I wasn't sure totally what to pick for this one because, you know, I wanted to do a Croatoan mm. virus fic, but it's actually pretty difficult to find those that aren't endverse. Oh. Um, and then it's much too early to start talking about endverse. So I was like, nope. This one is kind of an off-the-wall pick for me because not only is it a zombie apocalypse AU, but it's also a college AU. I love that. This one is called From Sea to Shining Sea by Ms. Captain Winchester. (laughs) Love it. Summary. Oh, God. Why do I always pick ones with really fucking long summaries? Because you hate yourself. I do. Honestly, (laughs) yeah, that's the big reason. You guessed it. I'm going to summarize the summary. So... Dean and Cass are in a relationship. They go to universities on opposite ends of the country, and they're about to reunite for the summer, but then there's a zombie apocalypse, and they have to get back to each other cross-country. I really like this phrase, cross-country road trip through zombie nation. That's That's amazing. That's in the summary. Incredible, incredible. It is completed. Um, It looks like it was a Pine Fest fic from 2018. It is rated E. For everyone. For everyone fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is an archive warning, graphic depictions of violence. Ships are Castine and Sam Jess. And there's also a non-slash Cass and Sam. So for anyone who Mm. isn't aware what that means, it just means like their friendship is a big part of it. They don't fuck. They don't fuck. Mm. Other characters that appear include Ash, Andy, Donna, Joe, Michael Kane, Azazel, Ruby, Meg, Lilith, Kevin Tran, Linda Tran, Pearl the guinea pig, and <laughs> um, Madison from the episode Heart. Additional tags are canon typical violence, canonical character death, college students, Castiel and Dean, zombies, alternate universe zombie apocalypse, established Castiel and Dean, mutual pining, Road trips, runner cast, marijuana, kidnapping, Castiel has a guinea, guinea pig, <laughs> dogs, survival, beekeeping, boys kissing, mild sexual content. So you can probably assume that the um, E rating is just from violence mm. based on the additional mm. tags. 
I actually really like the concept for this. Yeah, it sounds fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the AU, I'm definitely, would be probably where I would. Yeah, there's something feel. about, like, meet in the middle, like, are we going to make it, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds fun. Yeah, absolutely. Are we ready to rate the episode? Let's rate the episode. Ooh, I really like this one. Despite how much we ragged on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it a four for character development for the boys, for trying something new. The point I'm taking off is definitely, I just need a word for it, violence against women and the only person of color in the episode. There definitely was an overall disregard for like women's lives in this, but I'll give it a four out of five sulfur cells. <laughs> Ooh. Love it. What about you, Allie? I will also give it a four out of five. Um, I think it was very good and emotional. I also think there are problematic pieces of it. It's just kind of one of those that's good, but not the best. Yeah. Um, mm. So I think I'll give it four out of five blood to blood becoming blood brothers. That's that's not even a noun. <laughs> Dude, four, four out of five blood transferences. No, 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 no. Four out of five times. Of becoming blood brothers. Okay, Alex. Sure. Are you happier? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> you gotta make it fun. It can be fun and still be a noun. Look, I'm gonna do it right now. Watch <laughs> this. I'm gonna give this one a four and a half out of five because I think, despite some of its qualities that are maybe a little goofier and you know, making fun of the fucking demonic germ warfare and all that stuff. There's just something I find really compelling about this episode. I think part of it is the pacing and the slow build Mm. of the emotional stakes for the characters. So I'm going to give it four and a half out of five homemade bombs. Ooh, yes. Boo nouns. (laughs) Actually, the noun isn't the issue. What I more took up with was how confusing it was. Yeah. I was having to go back and forth in my head a bunch. Yeah. You know? Like, if it's like, if you want to use an adjective, sure. If you Verb. hate me, just say it. Predictions for next time? Yeah. Mm. We got a cliffhanger. What's he going to say? Oh, geez. Are we going to even find out? I feel like it's going to do that thing where we see what Dean says to Sam, but it's not going to let us know. Mm. It's going to keep us as an audience in the dark okay. as well. Again? Like this show loves that. I yeah, love that. true. This show wants you to have three plot relevant episodes <laughs> in a fucking season. Mm. So, but I feel like we are going to get more yellow-eyed demon. We're going to now be seeing possibly sightings of the people that disappeared in this town. And they're trying to spread the virus in other little towns. We found out that Sam, this was actually an experiment to see if he was immune so i kind of wonder if that's going to come back into play mm. maybe they're purposely going to like get the demons to like target people that they've rescued in the past or something mm. that would be interesting uh maybe kill off some of the women we let live <laughs> seems very nice. much like the show they're like you remember sarah blake we liked her let's go back and murder her by zombies that's it that's it for my convoluted predictions as I always i love when your predictions get really specific yes like that. it's, it's great Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Lafayette, Indiana. Bye. Bye. Bye.